In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this beautiful evening and for bringing us all together here in the name of Your Son, Jesus. We ask You for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit tonight to come upon us. Please open our hearts and our minds to receive Your Word, to receive Your grace and mercy to experience your presence here among us through your word, through your sacrament, through our praise and worship. Mother Mary, we want to crown you the queen our queen of our evening here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, tonight I wanted to just reflect on the fact that God is here with us. So, God is with us here. And He meets us where we're at. And so I wanted to read one of my favorite gospel passages because I relate to it a lot. It's, it expresses a lot my sentiments that I felt when I was first called to the priesthood. So it's when Jesus calls his first disciples, Luke chapter 5. While the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So for me, one of the first things to take note of here is that Jesus meets Peter where he's at. Peter is most comfortable in his fishing boat on the sea. And that's exactly where the Lord went to meet him. Jesus knew what he was going to be doing. He had his intention in mind to call Peter and and Andrew and James and John to be his disciples. And he met them where they were most comfortable. And I think that's something for us that can give us a lot of consolation. 
and a lot of comfort and a lot of confidence in God that he's going to meet us where we're at. God doesn't expect us to be somewhere else uh, other than where we are. He knows where we're at. He knows where we've been. He knows where we're at. And yes, he knows where he'd like to lead us, that's for sure. But it's not like he's unwilling to meet us where we're at. I mean, just think about what God did for us. He became a man. He became one of us. And as I like to say, without saying anything as a baby, Jesus said so much. He said, I want to be with you. I want to meet you where you're at. I want to experience everything that you experience as human beings. I want to help you. I am the way and the truth and the life. I'm the way to the Father. I've come to reconcile you with the Father. So I'm going to meet you where you're at. I'm going to reach down to you and, and lift you up. So I think that's a great little detail here that Jesus gets into Peter's boat. And that was surprising, no doubt. So I think that's another thing uh, that we have to just appreciate is that God's going to surprise us. When God first called me, I was 20 years old. Right. So I was 20 years old, sitting in my college dorm room. I was doing my homework one night, I think. Probably just daydreaming more about my plans to teach and coach and get married and have a family. And then all of a sudden I thought, well, if I were a priest, then it would be my duty to teach the truth and help kids all the time. Oh, maybe I should be a priest. I was like, who said that? You know? Where did that come from? But the discernment that I used was, well, that was such a crazy thought, it had to have come from God. Which is pretty good discernment, you know, for a 20-year-old kid. So, but God came right into my dorm room, in a sense. I mean, he humbled himself to come into my dorm room. And if you were to look at the decor of my dorm room, it would not have led you to believe that I was thinking about being a priest or that God would come to my dorm room to call me to be a priest, you know? A little embarrassing in a sense, you know? It wasn't that bad, but it was so funny because I was a DJ in college and I had hundreds of CDs and as I was getting ready to leave for the seminary, I was going through my CDs and I was giving a lot of them away to my friends, but I would look at some of them, I'm like, eh, I don't know if anybody should be listening to this. I just throw it out. So, but, but there God was. And I think that's a great thing for all of us just to take to heart here, you know. So whether it's at your office or, you know, at home, in the garage, in the yard, in the kitchen, in the basement, you know, God can find you wherever you're at. For me, it often happens in the car. I've shared this with some of you. You know, if I go to events like this, people pray over me, or we're in adoration, I don't often get some kind of big reaction in the moment. But in my car on the way home, or on the, you know, like the next day, or when I'm by myself in my chapel, then it hits me. Then I might get some big wave of grace, or, and, and, and you know, something a little more tangible, if you will. It doesn't mean, obviously, that God wasn't at work but I didn't necessarily experience it in a way that was so tangible, but boy, oh boy, 
in my car, I can tell you many times where it didn't take much. Maybe it was a song or maybe I was just thinking and praying and all of a sudden, wham. Happened to me the other day on I-75, you know, wonderful I-75 now with all that construction. And, but I was praying my midday prayer as I was driving up to school around midday. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, the Holy Spirit just washed over me. Like, and I, I think I cried for like the next 10 minutes, you know. I was just really moved by the Lord. And so you just never know how and where or when God's going to meet you right where you're at. So that's, I think, a great thing to take away. And then, of course, Jesus has this grand plan for Peter and Andrew and James and John. And, you know, of course, we're not all going to be called to some, you know, great mission that people see or hear about or read about. But I think it's just good to remind ourselves that God has a plan for all of us. And that plan is, is developing and it's evolving day by day. As we respond to the Lord, he's going to keep feeding us, you know. I mean, if, if, if you're betting on a team and they keep winning, well, you know, you're going to keep betting on them, right? You're going to keep cheering for that team. And, and so, you know, as, as we respond to the Lord's invitations, his inspirations, well, he's going to keep sending them our way. I think it was St. Faustina in her diary. She says, you know, the best way to grow in holiness and to grow closer to God is just keep saying yes. It's just to keep responding positively to those inspirations that come. And he'll lead you. He'll guide you. But if you never step out in faith, well then it's hard for the Lord to really work with you in a deeper way. I don't know if you remember that movie, Indiana Jones and the uh, Holy Grail. At the end of the movie, Indiana Jones, he's got his clues. He's following his clues and he knows he's getting close. And all of a sudden he gets to the, the edge of this cavern and he can't see the, the path. It's an optical illusion. But because of the, the lighting and the, and the curvature of all the rocks there and the path, he can't see the path. But he's looking at his clues. He's like, it's got to be there. So he lifts his leg in faith in a sense, right? And he steps out in faith, even though he can't see the path, which he knows is supposed to be there. And then he sees it. It becomes clear. He can see it all the way across the cavern. But he had to take that first step in faith in order for the rest of the way to open up to him. And I think it's like that sometimes, you know, the Lord will, will ask that of us. That's a real challenge, no doubt. Like, where is this leading? Where am I going? Lord's like, well, just take the next step. Just take, even though you don't know where it's going to lead completely, just take the next step. And then the one after that, it, it's, it's not rocket science. But it does demand faith, that's, that's for sure. But he'll be with us every step of the way. And it can be intimidating like Peter, you know. Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And we come up with all these excuses or, you know, we feel intimidated. We feel overwhelmed, unworthy. But as the saying goes, God doesn't 
call or choose the qualified. He qualifies those whom he chooses, the chosen. And we're all chosen. I mean, if you're here tonight, you're chosen. God has his eyes on you. He's very interested in each and every one of you. So he will qualify you. He chooses you and then he qualifies you. And I'll just flip ahead here to John chapter 15 where he, where he says that, right? It was not you who chose me, but it was I who chose you. You are my friends. So that also gives us a lot of confidence and, and reassurance, security, that whatever the Lord leads us to do, well, he's the one that chose us. And, and, and more than doing something in his name, First and foremost, he calls us his friends. So he calls us to be his friends. So the, the priority of being friends over doing something. And no doubt we all sometimes put the, the cart in front of the horse and, and we, we run off to do things which are good, but we're not always really rooted and grounded in our relationship with him first. And that's really what he's most interested in, that friendship, that relationship. And from there come the works. I want to just go back to John 14 for a moment to emphasize this point that God is with us and that he wants to be with us every step of the way. This is uh, chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. To be with us forever. And then he says in verse 18, I will not leave you desolate. Or another translation is, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you. I will come to you Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. And that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So he's already explaining this grace that we all receive at baptism. Sanctifying grace. The very presence of God in our bodies, in our souls. The Spirit of God dwelling in us. The Holy Trinity dwelling in us. Then he goes on. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Show myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if a man loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Like to tabernacle with him. So God makes us a living tabernacles. God is with us. God wants to be with us. Jesus wanted to go because he was just one person, right? but he wanted to go to the Father. That's why he said, it's better for you that I go. The apostles had to be like, you've got to be kidding. You know, what are we going to do without you? 
Could you imagine? I often think about that. At the ascension, when Jesus ascended into heaven, even though he said, you know, all power and authority has been given to me, and now I give it to you. Go and make disciples of all. They had to be thinking, wait, come back. You know? That had to be a, kind of a desperate feeling. I don't know. But then he said, go and, and pray. Pray for the Spirit. Pray for that power. I'm giving you authority. Now go and pray for the power. Pray for my powerful presence to be among you, to accompany you on your mission. So we'll pray for that tonight. We'll pray for the Holy Spirit once again to come upon each and every one of us. That we would experience him tonight in a new way. That he would manifest himself to you tonight in a new way. Because you've all made the effort to be here tonight. God is so happy that you're all here. He's so delighted with our gathering here tonight. We're going to bring him out here in just a few minutes in the Blessed Sacrament to praise him, to worship him. And he absolutely wants to make himself known to you. Jesus wants to reveal the Father's love to you through the Holy Spirit. And so we pray for the Spirit to come and communicate to us that love of the Father and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So let's you know, just ask the Holy Spirit to do his job tonight, which he's happy to do. And like I said, you may or may not get touched in some profound way tonight or some visible way or tangible way, but don't despair. It might come tomorrow morning when you're having your coffee or tonight as you're falling asleep or tomorrow at Mass when you receive Holy Communion. Something that was said tonight or something that you heard tonight or saw, or you know, it'll all of a sudden hit you and convict you in a new way about God, His glory, His majesty, about yourself and who you are in Christ, that you're not alone, that you don't have to be afraid, or even if you are afraid, you can express that to God and that's okay. God, I'm, I'm kind of scared about this, you know. Don't worry, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Let those words of Christ tonight echo in your, in your hearts. Do not be afraid. I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will, I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I will never fail you. 